Okay, good evening everyone. Um, and uh, good evening, beautiful home people. Haven't been for some time after a hip operation. It's been ages since I've actually been here on a Sunday evening. So uh, it's, what's really good is to see faces, so many faces I do not know. That's, that's nice. That's, that's good. Um, that's good. If some of you don't know me, I'm Dave. And I'm normally here on a Sunday morning and scattered around different places, some other occasional Sundays. And Central um, Community, just to say, talking about the Christmas things, on Saturday the 15th of December, um, well, I'm giving a plug because you know what, it's, it's not about Central, it's about Jesus and about celebrating, it really is, guys, it really is. And um, there's just an opportunity for some people maybe who wouldn't come on a Sunday or friends or whatever, this will be a sort of a fantastic production, it's something we're going to do really well big band, everything, and that's going to be on Saturday the 15th of December. Do pick up a leaflet. There's someone reception downstairs. There's a lot of work going into this. Your brothers and sisters in Central, you know, fellow King's Church members are doing a lot of work on this, and we really want to make this something that's available to everybody who wants to, you know, come along, and especially, especially come along and bring along some, some unchurched or de-churched uh, uh, friends. There's loads of them about now. And uh, just, just bring them along. Um, it'll be good. It's just good to support one another, isn't it? Encourage one another. Fantastic time yesterday. Um, just, you know, church together, six communities together, just about evangelism. It was a great time. If you weren't there, you missed something wonderful, really helpful, useful, and um, that was good. We're going to play a game. So find a partner. Just get into twos. Um, just find, find a partner. You, you can't do this game on your own. You actually need someone else. An occasional three might work, but, but twos. So you, you've all played I Spy With My Little Eyes, something beginning with, haven't you? You're not going to play that. You're not going to play that. So it's going to be much simpler than that. All I want you to do, all I want you to do is to point at something. Point, just one of you point at, just one of you choose who's the pointer. Just point at something and then the other person or the other two people have got to guess what you point at. You don't tell them, you just point at it. See how long it takes, all right? So, so point at something, see how long it takes. Give you, give you 10 seconds. Guess. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, Two, one. Okay, shh. Right. Hands up. That time's up. Time's up. Hands up if you got what the people in your group are pointing at. If you've got that is amazing. You're much better than um, some other communities I could mention. You're doing really well. Doing really well. So you know, it's it's nice if you're playing that game. If you point at something and it's just obvious what you're pointing at, isn't it? It's good if you can point at something and it's just so really, really obvious. You're pointing at that. Um, I want to challenge us tonight and say, and we're going to look at scripture in a minute, but I want to challenge us tonight and say, you know, all of us, for all of us, we point, our lives point at certain things. And people can read us and can read the way we point at certain things. For some people, it's you point at your career track. To some people, you're just pointing, I want to succeed in my exams at uni. Whatever it is, you're just pointing at something. And um, for me, this afternoon, um, early afternoon, uh, when Birmingham City were playing Aston Villa, I would have been pointing at Birmingham City when they were winning 1-0. <laughs> 
And then when it down, went down to 2-1, I stopped pointing at them and then went but, but, but to the villa. And, and, but, you know, you, you point, you point this. And people who know you really well, people who work alongside you, family, friends, people, the closer they are to you, they know what you're pointing at. The challenge I want to throw out to us all is for a church that is all about making Jesus famous is wouldn't it be wonderful if our lives, if we lived our lives in such a way that people looked at you, they looked at me and said, you're just pointing at Jesus all the time. Just pointing at Jesus. We're going to look in, a, in, in the Word uh, and we're going to look at, read a passage. We're going to read John chapter 1 and that's all we're going to do tonight is just go through John chapter 1, 19 to 34 and we're going to look how John, the gospel writer, a disciple of Jesus who was very close to Jesus uh, and, and claimed his identity, never mentioned his, claimed his identity as the one Jesus loved and was the one who lent his head on Jesus' breast. And um, he decided after Matthew, Mark and Luke had written their gospels, he decided that he wanted to write a, a, an account of Jesus' life. And so he write, wrote what we call the gospel of John and very early on in John the Gospel writer's account of Jesus' life, he introduces the readers to somebody who Matthew, Mark and Luke refer to as John the Baptist. He doesn't actually call him that, but it refers to him as John the Baptist. So let's read it, uh, picking it up from John chapter 1, verse 19. And here's this very abrupt introduction of John the Baptist by John, the gospel writer. It gets a bit complicated when we've got two Johns just followed. So John 1 verse 19, and this is the testimony of John the Baptist. When the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, who are you? He confessed and did not deny, but confessed, I am not the Christ. And they asked him then, what then? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? And he answered, no. So they said to him, who are you? We need to give an answer to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? He said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. Now they had been sent from the Pharisees. They asked him, then why are you baptizing if you are neither the Christ, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? John answered them, I baptize with water. But among you stands one you do not know, even he who comes after me, the strap of whose sandal I'm not worthy to untie. That was the job of a slave at that time, to untie the master's sandals. These things took place in Bethany, across the Jordan, where John was baptising. We've, we've all heard it, haven't we, um, before? At least those of us have been around some time. The, the, the politician who steps up into the limelight as the incumbent prime minister or party leader seems to be struggling with one issue, two issues, three issues, and they step up into the limelight and the cameras and the lights come on them, the reporters come on, ask them the question, and they answer, no, I can assure you, I'm definitely not putting my name in the hat. I am not going to stand to be the new leader of the party. And then what happens, a couple of weeks later, maybe, we suddenly see them again uh, and uh, surprise, surprise, they, there they are again in front of the camera saying, well, my close friends have advised me that for the good of the country, I need to stand. And we all become a bit cynical about politicians. 
Um, but here though, in this story, it's the other way around. We've got John the Baptist, who's out there in the wilderness. He's already got a following of people. He's got disciples galore. He's got people coming to him out in the wilderness to see this man, this strange prophet. And he's baptizing people and people are becoming disciples of John the Baptist. He's already a leader. He's already got people following him. And he does it the other way around. When these people are sent from the Pharisees to ask him who he is, because there's, there's this expectation and exaggeration worldly expectation amongst the people, amongst the Jews at least, at that time living in Palestine because they were a colonised people. They had these Roman oppressors all over them and they were longing for the Messiah, the one that had been prophesied. They were longing for the Christ, the anointed one. They were longing for him to come and to sort out the mess that they were in. And people come to John the Baptist and say, are you he, are you the Christ? John the Baptist does not take glory to himself. He says, I am not the Christ. He denies it. I'm not taking that title to himself. Well, they then even go and think, okay, if you're not the Christ, we all know the story of Elijah, the man that we read about in the Old Testament, that prophet that was caught up to heaven in a fiery chariot and who never died, no record, he was just caught straight up into heaven. We know that they knew that they knew their scriptures. They knew that Malachi, who'd written some 450 years previously, had prophesied that there would be a there would be another Elijah, that Elijah would come again. And so they put two and two together and get five and say, ah, so if you're not the Christ, perhaps you're Elijah, the one who's also prophesied to come. And John the Baptist is really clear and he says, I am not Elijah. I'm not he. And so um, there's, this, there's this refusal uh, to, to take it back. I'm not the one you're looking for. I'm not the one you're expecting. Have you ever been in a street when suddenly there's a nina, nina, you know, the, 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 the motorbikes with the blue lights, the cars coming down, there's a cavalcade comes coming down the street and you know there's some very important person coming down and the, the police motorbike riders stop all the traffic. I, I was, quite a few years ago now, but on Berry New Road in Presswich, I was walking along one day and that is exactly what happened. The motorbike riders came along, stopping traffic, blocking roads and then in a great big black Rolls Royce, along comes none other than the Queen and Prince Philip. I saw them go by. She, she didn't wave. Now, that, that's, I'm, I'm exaggerating, but I, I, I saw her face. She, perhaps she did wave later on, but she didn't wave at me. And there we were, you know, it, it was the Queen. I saw her. Uh, and uh, amazing. Uh, and I remember being in Kinshasa in Congo, Democratic Republic of Congo in, in the 1980s. And it was uh, President Mobutu, it was called Zaire at that time. And just walking along the street, minding my own business. And suddenly again, it was the same sort of experience, except there was these sort of soldiers running along who would stop and point their guns at you. Uh, and the, they pointed their guns at you. And I just caught on very quickly. When they point the gun at you, you clap. And then along would come President Mobutu, one of the most corrupt presidents ever. Uh, and he came along and I said, clap, you know, forget about who it is, you just clapped. I didn't like that sort of, uh, that sort of thing. But, but I, I want to say to you, um, you know, on both occasions, I can remember seeing the president of Zaire at that time. I can remember seeing the queen. I can, I, I can still see 
in the back of my, I can remember that the impression of their faces is etched on my memory. However, I, I can't tell you if you ask me what the motorbike ride is like. I can't tell you. I've got no idea. I can't remember. They made no impression on me. They were just preparing the way. Um, it would have seemed, you know, not one of them suddenly stopped and took a bow. And because they knew that was not their job. They were there to make a way, to prepare a way for somebody else. It was not about them. It was about somebody else. I want to say to you that John the Baptist was the cavalcade, the blue lights flashing for the coming of Jesus, for the coming of the Christ. Um, and, and, you know, earlier on in this chapter, John, the gospel writer, writes about John the Baptist in John 1 verse 8. He says, John the Baptist was not, was not the light but came to bear witness about the light. And John the Baptist himself describes himself in verse 23 of chapter 1. He says, I am the voice. I'm the voice of one crying out in the wilderness, make straight the way of the Lord. Today we could look back at John the Baptist and see him in many ways as, a, as, as part of the launch pad of Christianity. Jesus himself said about John the Baptist in Matthew 11, verse 11, they said this, Truly I say to you, among those born of women, there has arisen no one greater than John the Baptist. And as John, the, the gospel writer, is writing this gospel, the last one to be written, he knows that as he writes that even at that time, for some unknown, unexplicable reason, there were still disciples of John, still people who committed themselves to following John even after his death, and they'd never transitioned to following Jesus. And John, the gospel writer, is writing in such a way and recording the facts and history in such a way that he's wanting those people who are still following the teachings of John the Baptist that he was only preparing the way for someone greater. I, I, I want to say, you know, what John the Baptist said in John 3.30, I, I just want it to be something that we can all say tonight. He must increase, but I must decrease. I'm pointing the way. I'm a pointer. I'm pointing at someone greater than myself. Um, I want to speak on behalf, if I can, of all the King's Church leaders here in home, in the different communities, the whole church leadership team. We, we really want to get across to you that we're just voices. Um, and we point to the light that we are about making Jesus famous. Uh, and that song that we sing, you know, let other names fade away till there's only you. Jesus. It's the cry of our hearts. And we want to say to you, as Paul said to the Corinthians, follow us as we follow Christ. Uh, and if you see in us, your spiritual leaders, any, uh, any kind of pointing to Jesus, then follow us. And if you don't, then don't follow us. Uh, because that's our passion is to point to him, to not point to ourselves. It's not about us. It's about him. That King's Church as a membership together, we say it's not about us. It's not about the name of King's Church. It's about the name of Jesus. And we're pointing, just like John the Baptist, we're pointing at him because he's the one who deserves all the praise and all the glory. He's the lamb who was slain, the lamb who's at the centre of the throne, who in heaven right now is being praised and worshipped. And when we started at 6pm tonight, we weren't starting something really. We were just joining in in what was already going on in heaven. 
He's the lamb on the throne. Talking about the lamb. Let's carry on with our passage and see what happens when Jesus turns up. So John 1 verse 29. The next day after he said, I'm not the Christ, I'm not Elijah, I'm not the prophet, I'm just a voice. The next day he, John the Baptist, saw Jesus coming towards him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away, and I'm sure he was pointing, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, after me comes a man who ranks before me because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but for this purpose I came, baptizing with water that he might be revealed to Israel. And John bore witness. I saw the spirit descend from heaven like a dove and it remained on him. I myself did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, he on whom you see the spirit descend and remain, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I have seen and borne witness that this is the Son of God. So John the Baptist, you've seen what's happening here. His next day after what we've just talked about, the next day after saying, I'm not the one, I'm just the blue light, I'm just the cavalcade preparing the way. The next day Jesus turns up and he points and he makes it so clear. He's priming the world. His ministry is to prime the world for something new. Something breathtakingly new is about to happen in world history. A new order is about to start. And it all starts with the greatest prophet up to that time pointing to Jesus. And John the Baptist says, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Jesus as the Messiah, Jesus as the Christ, Jesus as the one that they've all been waiting for, does not take the Romans out of Jerusalem. He doesn't get rid of that colonising, oppressing power. He does not do that. He does something far greater than that. Jesus takes away the sin of the world. John, he's writing this gospel and he makes it clear just what John the Baptist meant by describing Jesus as the Lamb of God. Uh, Passover was and, and still is celebrated by Jewish people once a year. It's the time when they remember coming out of a geographical location called Egypt where they had spent uh, 4,250 years ago, they'd spent 400 years in slavery and their oppressors had been Pharaoh, the Egyptian people. And, and through the shedding of the blood of a lamb and the putting of the blood of a lamb on the door, lintels of the doorpost and the Passover, the angel of death passing over, it was, the, it was the end of the plagues. It was the end of God's judgment on those Egyptians and it caused the way, the blood of a the lamb, they went out of Egypt going past the blood of the lamb and they went out of Egypt and they were set free from a specific um, situation and specific slavery. And the point is obvious here, just as that lamb that was slain all that time ago and the lamb that was continually slain every Passover up until that point, that the lamb that was slain was, was, was a type, was just a type and Jesus was the anti-type. Jesus was the fulfilment of what had happened there of the picture. Jesus was the reality. Those lambs that had been slain were but the shadow. Jesus was the fullness and the reality and his dying at the cross was something far more wonderful and marvelous 
marvelous that happened there. You see, John wants us to get it in this letter that Jesus is the true Passover lamb. And it's a far better story that's being told here than the one that's told in Exodus. Yes, people are brought out of slavery, the children of Israel out of Egypt. Now though, God is bringing out a new people out of an even older and darker form of slavery than went on for 400 years. He's bringing out a new people out of the slavery of sin and bondage, that moral position, not a geographical position. Jesus, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Uh, it's, 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 it's far more than, than what had happened in the past. Um, the whole of creation is rescued from what went wrong in Genesis chapter 3. Uh, you know, the whole of creation is, is offered salvation. The whole of creation has the opportunity and every man and woman in this room tonight has the opportunity to come to Jesus, the Lamb of God, and know He takes away your sin and to enter this new creation and to become a working model of the new creation and to go into this world and to provoke this world by the way you live as a true working model of the new creation. Uh, it's a wonderful story. Uh, and, you know, the, John has already said in verse 12 of chapter 1, uh, uh, that ju just how, how it, it's so much more than just for a specific people group living in a specific part of the world in a specific time frame. It's for everyone. It's for every man and woman. It's for all people. John chapter 1, verse 12 it, he writes there, but to all who received him, he gave the right to become children of God who were born not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but born of God. To all who received him. We have a dog called Milo and he's supposed to be a pedigree cocker spaniel. Um, however, Milo has no kennel club certificate. Um, he's just, uh, just, we've just had a, a scruffy piece of uh, handwriting on, a, on a, an old tatty piece of paper saying, I hereby certify this dog is a pedigree and is a show dog and somebody's signature that you cannot read. Um, and, and we were fobbed up. We, we didn't believe it. But we, you know what? Um, Milo uh, uh, was being taken for a walk uh, the other day by Ben, my, my, my youngest son, in, in the park, and he met a, uh, a cocker spaniel, a proper cocker spaniel breeder. And he just took one look at Milo, and Ben was talking to him. He took one look at Milo, he said, he is no pedigree. Um, and <laughs> it, Milo is definitely one of the many, not one of the few. Um, uh, but... You know what? In our family, we still love him. And we have embraced him and taken him into the family and he is accepted in spite of the fact that he has no pedigree certificate. We don't care. We love Milo. Everybody loves Milo. Wait till you meet him. Um, uh, now, Jewish people around the time of John the Baptist had, had, if you like, they'd got their pedigree certificates. They could trace genealogies. They could trace back. You just read it using the start of two of the Gospels. Anyway, you can read about genealogies that go back. They could trace their genealogies going all the way back to son of, son of, son of, son of, going back. They just were so clear. 
Abraham is our father. And they had the pedigree. However, Jesus comes as the Lamb of God who takes away the sin, not of a special few. Jesus is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. The people with the pedigree certificates miss the point. He came to his, his own and his own received him not, but to as many as received him, he gave the right to become children of God. I don't know, you know, looking around there, we say it, um, you know, how many of us uh, would claim we've got pedigree or we've got some special sort of breeding on my father's side. I'm the first one to tell you on my father's side, it goes back to my grandfather who was left on a doorstep and no one knows who his father was. Uh, and so there's no pedigree. But you know what? To as I've received him <laughs> and I'm a son of God. As many as received him, he gave a right to become sons and daughters of God. Um, it's, it, 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 just you read through John's gospel, you read through any of the gospels and you find often, so often, those who you would expect to recognise him did not recognise him. And it's those on the edge, those on the outside, those in the unexpected places, find the Christ, find the Messiah, a saviour and find themselves forgiven, find themselves healed and brought to enjoy the love of God. And, and we can be in that place too. Okay, so how... How did John the Baptist know that Jesus was the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world? Well, it was just as we read, something happened at Jesus' baptism, at his baptism in water that gave it away. Uh, you know, and can I say, Jesus was baptised in water. If you've never been baptised in water, get baptised in water as quickly as you can. It's, it's a command in Scriptures. We don't get asked to do much stuff in Scripture. It's a, it's a heart matter, not a, but this is one of the things we're asked to do. So if you've not been baptised in water, I don't know why not. Do. Start obeying the Christ. It's following him. It's part of following him. But when Jesus was baptised in water, something uh, happened when Jesus was baptised. Uh, and John the Baptist tells a story. I saw, because he tells what happened, the other dis Gospels, Matthew, Mark and Luke, actually uh, you know, describe it happening there and then. John, uh, the Gospel writer just records John um, the Baptist explaining what he saw happened. I saw the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, descend from heaven like a dove and it remained on him. Uh, and, uh, and I have seen and borne witness. What this means is that Jesus is not the one to baptise you in water. <laughs> uh, Jesus, John the Baptist did that. We can do that. Other um, fellow believers can do that, can baptise you in water. But what Jesus happened with Jesus is Jesus was uh, baptized. Jesus was baptized in water, and the Holy Spirit came upon him. And this means, this signifies, because the Holy Spirit remained upon him, that Jesus is not just the one that John the Baptist points to and says, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. But he looks at him and said, This is the one who baptizes in the Holy Spirit. 
Two things that he did when he pointed to Jesus, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, the one who baptizes in the Holy Spirit. And you see, Jesus' job description, uh, if you like, was to be the Lamb of God who comes and sacrificially dies on the cross and the, it's the day that the revolution begins, a new creation order comes and starts on that day when Jesus dies on the cross and we are sucked into it as we believe and receive uh, and uh, are attracted like, a, uh, um, like, like, like iron filings to, to a magnet. We just come to Him and, and we become new creations in, the, in, new creations in, the, in this bigger new creation order. And, and Jesus takes away our sin so that He can then with clean hearts we can receive the person and power of God, the Holy Spirit. That just as John the Baptist called people to come into the River Jordan and be dipped into the River Jordan, Jesus calls us to come into the river of His Spirit, the person and power of God, the Holy Spirit, and to be submerged and to be immersed into the presence of God, the Holy Spirit. You see, when does Jesus do, when did He do that? Um, you know, the person of God, the Holy Spirit, is referred to intermittently in John's Gospel. But the most remarkable time is when Jesus stands up at the end of a, the last and greatest day of a feast and in a loud voice, John 7, 37 to 39, cries out, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink, and out of his inner being will flow rivers of living water. By this, John writes, by this he meant the Spirit. But the Spirit, he continues to write, had not yet been given because Jesus had not yet been glorified. That the Holy Spirit had not yet been given. Uh, and then this one who baptises in the Holy Spirit, he, he, you know, he, he's with his disciples in John 15 verse 26 and he's talking about the Holy Spirit and he says, I will send, future tense, I will send the, to you uh, from the Father the Spirit of truth. It's future tense. It's not until the evening of the very first Easter Sunday uh, in John 22 where Jesus gives the clearest indication yet that he is God himself because Jesus gives what only God can give. He gives God, the Holy Spirit. And in front of his disciples there, a resurrected Jesus breathes on his disciples in John 20, 22 and says to them, receive the Spirit. Uh, and do you understand, that's when, if you like, we can say perhaps that they were born from above, that they were born again at that moment. I know they had a special anointing to go and to heal the sick and to cleanse a leper and so on. But, but Jesus said in, in John 3 verse 3 to Nicodemus, he said, unless someone is born from above, born again, they cannot see the kingdom of God. And, and, and this, um, you know, any one of us here at all who confesses Jesus as Lord of our lives and believes in our heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And what happens at that moment is God the Holy Spirit comes and lives within you and never leaves you. Uh, and it's, it's as though um, it's the only, and, and it's as though Jesus breathes on you. When you confess him as Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you receive the person and power of God the Holy Spirit. Uh, at that moment, you have the Holy Spirit living within you. It's, it's why Paul writes, it's the only possible way you can be joined to him is by the Spirit. 
You can't be joined through trying hard or coming here on a Sunday night. It's by the Spirit you're joined to him. That's why Paul writes in Romans 8 verse 9 that if you haven't got the Holy Spirit living in you, you're not of Christ. Um, new life starts once you're joined to Christ. And when you're joined to Jesus in the Spirit, you're therefore joined to his mission in the world that the Spirit is already doing out there. Uh, and so as wonderful and as marvellous an experience as that might have been for those disciples, just imagine it, Jesus breathing on you and saying, receive the Spirit. There was something more for them to experience of the Holy Spirit. And, and perhaps you're thinking, I don't get it. I, I'm happy knowing that I'm a Christian and I've received the Holy Spirit. And you're telling me if I've confessed Jesus as Lord, then the Holy Spirit is living in me. Well, imagine a gas boiler or a stove that's made to be filled with heat uh, and uh, you know saying I'm qualified to be a boiler I'm qualified to be a gas stove because I've got a pilot light burning within me I'm in good working order and so it is but there's something more that happens that boiler that stove was designed for a knob to be turned and for there to be a sudden whoosh of gas coming and suddenly all the flames burning within the stove, within the, the boiler. Um, you know, Jesus, who said to those disciples in John 22, receive the Spirit, the same Jesus, the very same Jesus says to them, after having said that in Luke 24, verse 49, he says to them, behold, I'm sending the promise of the Father upon you. Stay in the city, stay in Jerusalem until you have been clothed with power from on high. And again, referring to that same experience after that initial uh, filling with the Holy Spirit, Jesus says in Acts 1 verse 8, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit is come upon you and you'll be my witnesses to in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria and to the utmost parts of the earth. Uh, are you getting this? It happened, the Holy Spirit we know came on the day of Pentecost in Acts 2 verse 4, like a mighty rushing wind and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Those disciples who'd already had Jesus breathe upon them and say, receive the Spirit, realised there was another dimension of the Holy Spirit to experience. I want to say to you, just as I say to you, if you've not yet been baptised in water, get baptised in water. I want to say to you, if you've not yet been baptised in the person and power of God, the Holy Spirit, if the Holy Spirit is someone you know, just as a flame living within you, that, I say just, that's wonderful. That's absolutely marvellous. It's miraculous. It's fantastic. It's beautiful. But there's something more for you to experience. Jesus says to you, you know, you can receive power and you don't even have to wait like those early disciples. The revolution has begun already. The new creation order has already started. And by the Spirit, you're joined to Jesus already. By the Spirit and by, the, by that, that being immersed and coming to Jesus, just as he said, coming to him, said, Lord, I'm thirsty. Lord, I want something more than what I've experienced already. I want to know what it is to be dipped into the person and power completely submerged for all the flames to be burning within me, that I can be exactly what I was designed to be, the experience is open to you. In fact, it's more than an experience. It's a relationship with Jesus, with God, with the God, the Holy Spirit living within you, being joined to Jesus by the Holy Spirit and being joined to his mission 
by the Holy Spirit because to be joined to him is to be joined to his mission and that we can go out into all the world, into our Judea, our Samaria, our outermost parts of the earth, knowing just like those early disciples, yes, he's breathed on me, but this is Jesus. I now see that I want to be someone like John the Baptist and I need you, Holy Spirit. I can't do it in my own strength. I need you, Holy Spirit, to be filling me. You know, Paul wrote this. He said that in Ephesians 2.20, he said that we are God's masterpiece. We're God's, we're God's poem. There's different ways of translating that word. We're God's work of art. We're what God is really proud about. And there's something for us to go and to be examples, to be samples of this new creation order. How much more can we do it when we're working in conjunction with the Holy Spirit filling us? It goes on to say that we are God's masterpiece and he has prepared good works in advance for us to do. You know, a new creation order has come and we're the ones who firstly taste it ourselves and then secondly, bring it into this world broken by the power of sin. This is not about getting your ticket for heaven when you die. It's something far more wonderful about that. The good news is that we're part of bringing heaven to earth now. The good news is that we're part of a community of people across the world who are just passionate about making Jesus famous, who are passionate about seeing his kingdom come, that, 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 that the, the wickedness and the brokenness of this world is overturned by a people who are revolutionaries because they're showing there's a new creation that has come into the world and we're working models, working samples of it. You know, we're in invited in 2 Peter 1 verse 4 to participate in the divine nature, to know what it is to live in the heart of God, to live in the spirit. Paul writes about it so often about just living in the spirit. And I just want to say to you, you know, John the Baptist, someone who pointed at Jesus Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Behold the one who baptises in the Holy Spirit. Let us be those who point to him. How wonderful. Just imagine it, dream a little bit that people say about you, you know, that, that you are someone who's remembered for pointing to Jesus. That your friends, your colleagues at work, you, you, that people say, yeah, you, you just, there's something about you. You, you, you point to Jesus. Then, you know, let's make a commitment. Let's make it our desire today that we're those who are thirsty, that we go and we ask. If anyone's thirsty, let him come to me, Jesus says. It's not me. It's not another church leader. For the baptism in the Holy Spirit, you go to Jesus. He's the only one who baptizes. Baptism in water, yeah, a church leader or a friend uh, will baptize. They'll be the baptizer. The element will be water. They'll submerge you in the water. You'll be covered in the water, brought up out of the waters. When it's the baptism in the Holy Spirit, it's only Jesus is the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. And the element isn't water. The element is the person and power of God, the Holy Spirit. The, the, it's only Jesus who has a physical body. It's only Jesus in the Godhead, Father, Son and Spirit. It's only Jesus who took on human flesh and still has human flesh so that we can understand it's possible for human beings, for normal human beings to be filled with the power of God. But the Holy Spirit isn't confined to a human body. That's why Jesus comes and he takes us and by the Spirit of God, just immerses us in, in, in the person and power of God, the Holy Spirit. 
You know, I sometimes sign letters saying, oh, um, trying my best to make Jesus famous or something, uh, depending who I'm writing to. Uh, and I think, well, you know, I, I don't want to do it anymore, trying my best. I want to repent of saying I'm trying my best. I want to say by the Spirit, I'm making Jesus famous. Jesus is the one who takes away any sin that's here. You've got sin in your life and or you've never given your life to Jesus. He's the one. I'm just pointing to him tonight like John the Baptist did and said, he's the one. Let him take away your sin. I'm just pointing him tonight and saying, if you are not, and, uh, and maybe you have experienced the Holy Spirit, and like me, you think, I just want to experience the Holy Spirit more than get filled again and get submerged again in the person and power of God, the Holy Spirit. Because I'm just pointing to him, he's the one. He's the one who baptizes in the Holy Spirit. Can we just pray? Lord, we say we, we thank you for your word and we just want to make you famous. Uh, and we say, Lord, we, we, we're determined to be people, men and women who are joined to you by your spirit. We want to point to you and we want to be like John the Baptist. We want to we go into this world, Lord, knowing that you go with us by your spirit. Uh, and we say just for anointing, for help on every one of us, Lord, just to, to be pointers at you, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Dave. That was really, really encouraging. Um, so can I ask the prayer team up, please? Um, so if you want to respond to anything that Dave said tonight um, about um, being baptised in the Holy Spirit, um, then these guys can pray for you. They'll be here ready. Um, and if you want to be baptised in water, that is something we could do today or next week. Um, but like Dave said, just yeah, think about it as soon as possible. So yeah, come and talk to me or pretty much anyone and we can help you with that. Um, so we're going to have um, tea and coffee and biscuits so let's say hi to someone we don't know um, and that would be great thanks guys hmm.